on Sunday. I ran out of coffee beans. Um, ran out of coffee beans on Sunday. Monday, uh, I was like, I'm just not going to have coffee. I wasn't feeling well, too. My son has been doing this thing for a while, but he's really on it now where he, um, he'll always want to like feed me some of his food. It makes him feel cool and big, and, 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 and he likes doing nice things for me. It's the sweetest. So I always eat it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and I guess he, he must have caught like some little cold at school. So I, on Monday I wasn't feeling very well. So I was like, oh, you know what? I probably just shouldn't have coffee anyway. My throat hurts and I, I, I don't feel, I feel a little achy. So I don't, I don't want to get sick and I, I doubt hot coffee is great for me. It's like, I'm just not going to have it. So I didn't have coffee Monday. Tuesday rolls around and I have a, uh, a 5 a.m. client on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So I'm up at like four. So I really wanted coffee. But I was like, no, just, you're still not feeling great. So don't do the coffee. And then around, so I, I had a couple clients and then I had a little bit of time. So I was able to come home and work out. I had a good hard workout that made me feel a little better. Um, and then I had more clients <laughs> Then by like, Three thirty, my head was fucking pounding and it makes me so annoyed that like that's the caffeine withdrawal <laughs> that just because I haven't had this stupid drink my head has to hurt now so I was like pushing having coffee even more in defiance of like, I don't want this stupid drink isn't stronger than me. And then I was in the valley for work. It's fucking crazy hot. My head is pounding. My throat hurts a little bit. Like, you know what? Fuck it, man. I'm just going to have coffee. But I didn't want to have hot coffee. It was too hot. And I know it wouldn't be good for my throat. So I got this iced coffee yesterday from Starbucks. I don't know why I've gone so long thinking iced coffee is gross. I've never even had it. I've had like, like when hot coffee goes cold, I don't like it. It's awful. But iced coffee, so I just figured it would be like that. And I have a friend who drinks iced coffee and I'd always be like, why the hell are you drinking that? So anyway, I tried it yesterday. I was like, you know, I'm just going to have this iced coffee. I had no idea it was delicious. It's really delicious. So now I'm one of these guys who drinks iced coffee. When it's cold again, I'll probably get back to hot coffee, but it's, it's hot in LA. And uh, so I had my 5 a.m. client. And then on the way back, I picked up this iced coffee. And I'm going to start making iced coffee. I'm going to go get more coffee beans today. And then when I make coffee in the morning, I'm going to put ice in that motherfucker. It's so good. Mm. Mm. Man, that is really good. I like these lids Starbucks Starbucks has so they don't use a straw. Does that make sense? It's good. I'm a big fan. They should switch to paper cups, but it's all right. One thing at a time. That's good at least. Maybe a little less plastic. Yeah. 
because you know this, they're using plastic lids anyway. There's so much fucking plastic everywhere. It's really weird. Get those plastic straws. I mean, not plastic straws. Get those uh, stainless steel straws. If I remember, I'll put a link in the description below. Um, you know what's weird too is being up so early. Every other day I'm up at like six. <clears throat> but on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, for work I'm up at four. And I'm out of that door at like 4.30, 4.40. What's crazy is like, okay, it's 4.30 in the morning. Let's say 5 in the morning. It's early. The sun's not even up yet. It's so weird how many furious people there are on the road. It's 5 in the morning. They're cutting people off, honking, flipping people off. How, how miserable are you? That at five in the morning, you're this upset and this aggressive. I mean, that's a sure sign of, you know, a very deep sickness, both like in that individual and then just in Los Angeles. Obviously, L.A. has a lot of problems. Um, any big city does. You know, you, there's so many people, so the life or the value of life and humanity is less because there's just so many people. So one... Um, people feel like they're worth less because there's so many of them. And then also you're so cramped in and constantly surrounded by people, which means there's more um, anxiety and violence. So people are more uh, cautious and, and looking for problems to protect themselves. So now they're like, everybody gets kind of cagey and <clears throat> excuse me. Five in the morning, guys. What are you this upset about? How are you this angry already? That's, that's how you're starting your day? You can't even use the excuse like, oh, it's been a long day. I'm in a bad mood. Like, you're starting like that. People are starting like that. I started to do this thing now. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes I get upset on the road. Um, you know, I've done dumb things. But normally if someone's like freaking out, like I had a lady the other day, a couple weeks ago, she like cut me off. She... I was going, I had my blinker on a change lane. She sped up to cut me off. And then I was like, all right, that's shitty. And then like her lane ended up slowing down. So I was able to get over. She sped around me. This is on the freeway, freeway speeds. She sped around me, pulled onto the side of me, starts screaming, like full on screaming, like a rabid dog. And then pulls in front of me, slams on the brakes goes to like 20 miles an hour on the freeway. Everybody else is going 70. And she tries to make me hit her, speeds up. And she, this carried on for like 15 minutes. I've told you before, I've had people pull guns on me on the freeway and shit. <clears throat> what I've been starting to do is, because uh, most of the time I don't get upset. I mean, sometimes I get upset, but most of the time I don't. Um, so when people... They had kids like fucking yell, like they cut me off. I didn't do anything. I was just like, all right. And then they started like their kids, like hanging out the window, spitting at my car. What the fuck? LA is weird. And this is most of this stuff happens on the 10. The 10 freeway in Los Angeles uh, is a nightmare. It, it, it's the most aggressive stretch of freeway I've ever been on in my life. Even the other freeways in LA, which can be very crowded and, and can be aggressive here and there. I've never seen anything as bad as the 10 consistently all the time. Something about <laughs> that freeway. But, uh, 
what I've started to do as people pull alongside me and they're screaming or flipping off, I just give them that little heart sign. Hey, I love you. I used to be like, relax, or, or, or it's easy, it's okay. Uh, but now I'm just like, give them that heart sign. What I want to do, I think I'm going to do, I'm going to carry a little mirror in my car. And as they pull up alongside me, I'm just going to hold the mirror up so they can look at themselves being a, a monster. Because so, then I don't even have to look at them. I can just keep driving and hold the mirror up. Maybe that'll work. Yeah, non-aggressive, my passive protest. <laughs> anyway, iced coffee is really delicious. Mm. Welcome to Porb. Um, if you're uh, listening on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, go ahead and uh, subscribe and rate and review. Just give a five-star rating while you're there and subscribe. So you know when these awesome things come out. If you're watching on YouTube, this is also a video on YouTube. Uh, click that like button and subscribe button and do that little bell thing so you get the notifications. Um, subscribe to me on Twitter at Graham Baker, Instagram at Instagram Baker, and uh, at Greyhouse Music. My website is GrahamBaker.com. My album, Again Violently Sleeping by Greyhouse. That's the name of my uh, music project. Uh, is available for, available for pre-order. There's a link in the description below if you're watching on YouTube and on iTunes as well. If you're listening on iTunes, there's a link in the uh, in the description of the episode. Go pre-order that, or you can do it on Bandcamp. Uh, I have a few songs up on SoundCloud as well. You can search Greyhouse there. I'll be a link uh, in all the the things I've mentioned. Um, yeah, support like that too. If you uh, shop on Amazon, go to my website GrahamBaker.com. Scroll to the bottom. Click on that Amazon link. Do all your shopping as you normally would. Nothing changes for you. All the same uh, Amazon sweatshop prices. But, you know, a little bit of that comes back to the show. and helps me do what I do. Is that it? Is that all my stuff? I think so. Normally in the morning... <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry, guys. Normally in the morning, I try not to look at my phone for a while. But on these 4 a.m. days, I, when my alarm goes off, I look at my phone. So that way my, I kind of, I don't have the urge to go back to sleep. My brain starts going and then I'll get up. And it, it's more likely that I'll get up and not let the next alarm go. So I went on, um, checked my email, went on Instagram, Tumblr. And then Twitter. And this is all in like a few minutes. I'm not, I just kind of check. And, and I happened to go to the search function in my Twitter, which I never do. And I saw a, a trending tag, hashtag. And it was um, Boycott Borderlands 3. <clears throat> and I was like, okay. What dumb horse shit is this? So I looked, and evidently, uh, Gearbox is the developer of the, these video games, Borderlands. There's, I don't know, four of them, five of them. This is the third main one, but there's like an offshoot one and then a couple offshoot ones. So it's Boycott Borderlands 3. And evidently, the CEO, what's this dude's name? Let me find out real quick. Um, 
So... What is this guy's name? It's like, uh, damn it. Why is this so hard to find? Um, Gearbox CEO. Randy Pitchford. Randy Pitchford. So evidently, there was something with Gearbox where they... Or no, it was with 2K, the, the publisher. They sent, like, private investigators to this dude's house who's a, a modder. Modding for video games, on, on uh, particularly on PC, is uh, a process where, like, just regular people, non-professionals, or maybe they're professionals for somewhere else, but they'll get the codes for the, the code, the coding for the game, and they'll add stuff. Uh, the most popular example would be... Um, Skyrim, uh, game that came out in what, 2008, 2010. It's been around for a while, 2011. It's been around for a long time now. Um, and on PC, there's this massive modding culture where like people were making, you know, new armors or new weapons and then adding missions, adding characters, adding entirely new maps. It's this really amazing, exciting thing that you can be a part of. And, uh, it only helps your game. There are mo a lot of games are like, no, you, you can't do that. We're not allowing you to do that. But it only helps your game because people can decide whether or not they're going to add mods. And I understand the argument for saying we won't allow it online and they can prevent that. That makes sense. You know, you have people competing against each other. You don't want unfair advantages. And sure, okay, I, I can get that argument. But this is all elective. You can choose to add mods or choose not to. And if you're playing by yourself, it's a singular experience. There's no reason. But it generates, one, a ton more money for your game because you, more people are buying your game. And maybe you're not being paid for the mods, but you're not making the mods anyway. You're not, there's, you're not spending any money to do, to do that. But it's generating a ton of conversation and enjoyment and it's creating a bigger community. People will be more loyal fans because they feel they're a part of it. So most notably, you know, uh, Skyrim, it's a Bethesda game, uh, the biggest modding community, I think. They, people still mod for that game. I play that game. I've got like hundreds of hours in that game and I have hundreds of mods that not only like there's tons of gameplay stuff and, and, and improvements, you're getting like free R&D and free developer work. Because people are making improvements on your game that for whatever reason, you the you know, your initial pass at this, you know, either people didn't have these great ideas or they didn't know they wouldn't work well, or you were constrained for time or money, you had to cut things uh, for the release. You know, with games, when you release a game, you know, prior to that, a lot of stuff gets cut. A lot of good ideas get cut because it you don't have time or it won't fit in the game or it's too expensive to keep working on it. <laughs> there's a number of reasons that could happen. So you're getting this free work just because people love doing it. And maybe they're making some money off of it. I don't know. Who cares? It's not a lot if they are. Um, so it's only good. So evidently 2K sent two private investigators to some, some modder's house and was like, you need to stop. And there was like, uh, they're trying to intimidate him. Real shitty move. Okay, real shitty move. So that was, that was either Gearbox or 2K. I don't remember. I think it was 2K that did that. But anyway, 
Apparently, the CEO of Gearbox, which is the developer of Borderlands, is a real shitty guy. Evidently, he diverted like millions of dollars of company money for himself. Awful, right? Super terrible. And it looks as though that's probably true. The other thing is that apparently he, that CEO, Randy Pitchford, had a USB drive full of underage pornography. He claims it's not true. He claims there was a, there is a, the USB drive is true, but the girls or girl, I don't know, was just barely 18. And he apparently is on record saying like, that's his thing. So he seems like a creep for sure. He just does. He seems like a real shitty guy. 2K's thing was shitty. <clears throat> There's also this dumb thing in video games where like, you know, exclusives where it's like only this company has this, but you know, that's, that's their business practice. I don't particularly like it as a, as a consumer of games. Cause it does prevent me from playing certain things or whatever. Okay. So this gearbox exec or the CEO seems like a piece of shit. 2K's approach, uh, to intimidate this modder for no reason. Shitty. Then making it a exclusive for one company first. That's their choice. They can do that. That's their, I mean, I don't like it, but that, that's their right. But anyway, so this trending hashtag of boycott Borderlands 3 is so fucking stupid. Because I believe it started just because they were trying to make it, or they're, they're, they are making it exclusive to Epic, the, the streaming platform, Epic Games, I think. And so there's other streaming platforms, Steam and whatnot. So people are all up in arms about that. They can't do that. It's like, yeah, they certainly can. That's, it's their shit. They can do whatever they want. But then the other things are those two other things. 2K sending these private investigators to this dude's house and trying to intimidate him um, to, to not mod for whatever reason. I don't, I don't know the whole story. Uh, it was, like I said, a, I was just kind of skimming the article. Um, and then this stuff about the Randy Pitchford being a kind of a piece of shit. When you boycott, if you boycott this game, you aren't hurting any of those people. All that happens is the developer, the developers, all the thousands of people that work on this game, if the game doesn't sell well, they get fired. Nothing happens to these CEOs. Now, you can still protest, make, you know, I don't know if they have like a board of directors, I don't know, but you can make enough noise to possibly get these people fired the, the people that you have a problem with, but just boycotting the product itself won't do anything, like literally nothing. But you can just keep making noise, still support the game, still support developers, the developers, the people who worked on the game, you know, the testers, the all these people. Um, these are just regular people trying to feed their families and make a living and be creative and, and do something that they love. You can support them and also make a, a protest against these people uh, that are bad, this Randy Pitchford, Randy Pitchford, and, uh, you know, 2K's practices. But boycotting the game won't do anything. It literally won't do anything. These people have so much money, that they're not going to lose that much by you boycotting this game. Now you can say, well, you can boycott every game. Okay. And then all these thousands of people that work in these companies, they lose their jobs. They can't feed their families. 
it this idea of just like boycotting for no reason like no real reason like you, you, just because you don't like and it's usually like the boss the ceo the same shit happened with uber that guy seems like a piece of shit too the the guy who runs uber but if you boycott their company i use lyft don't get me wrong but if you boycott their company it's the the drivers or the the staff the people who run the app the websites the you know customer service they lose their jobs and even if the company goes under the ceo will be just fine but all these other people are getting fucked over so i don't know people just throw around this like they want to get up in arms i get it they want a cause there are plenty of causes like real causes that you can fight, like really real causes. The United States is running concentration camps. There's a cause. Flint still doesn't have water. There's a cause. The Midwest is underwater, like flooded. Vast farmlands are destroyed. Communities are ruined. Towns are over. There's a cause. Global warming, you know, fighting for, uh, you know, against voter fraud or, <clears throat> you know, police injustice. These are all causes and there are things you can boycott there and make a difference and make noise there. A, a video game that you're only going to hurt people making it, like the people who, the good people who are trying to live their dream and provide for themselves and their family, you're just going to fuck them over because you don't like this really creepy CEO. Look, I don't like him either. He seems like a real piece of shit. He stole money from the company, hard-earned money that these people made. Possibly a child pornographer guy. Why is it always the rich white guy that's the child pornographer, like the child pedophile guy? It's always. What is it with rich old white guys? Why are they the most evil? You look at like, you know, the fucking... Trumps of the world, and obviously they're in other countries too, you know, Saudi Arabia and China. I mean, they're all, money is a dangerous thing. Power is an even more dangerous thing. But like so often, it's just these like rich old white guys, like, you know, if like over 40 and you're white and a man and you have millions of dollars, the chance of you being a real fucking creep is super high. Why? What is that? Is it just the money and power? Is there something genetically terrible about old white people when they mix with money? It's like feeding a motherfucking mogwai after midnight. Getting it wet, it just turns into a monster. Excuse me, I'm sorry for the sniffing and coughing. I feel fine. <clears throat> There's just stuff in my throat. You know what's really helpful? I always forget about it. But gargling salt water, warm salt water. I did it on Monday twice and then Tuesday as well. And then I did it this morning. So helpful, man. And at, as soon as I'm doing it, like I'll immediately start hacking up all like the gross shit. It's super good. If, if you're not feeling well, your throat starts hurting or you start getting stuffed up, just, you know, grind some salt up into a cup, pour some warm water in there or hot-ish water in there. Gargle that motherfucker. It's good. So yeah, man, white people, there's certainly a problem there. White men in particular, older white men, rich old white men, there's something there. And I don't know if it's just the power or whatever, but 
I mean, clearly there are other bad people of all ethnicity, all backgrounds. There are bad people all over the world. There are poor people who are terrible, obviously. So I guess this argument is kind of flimsy in that respect. But, you know, if you look at super rich old white men, it's a smaller portion of the world, right? Like that's what, you know, in this country we refer to as the 1%. Most of them are white men, older white men. And the majority of that 1% seems to be pretty shitty. So it's like if you look at, you know, poor, younger white men, there's more of them. But the percentage of the shitty ones is smaller. So that, that's, that's the weird thing. There are shitty people everywhere, without a doubt. Creeps and pedophiles and rapists and murderers and assholes and bullies. But the mixture of being an old white man, you know, over 40, that's not old, but like over 40 with a lot of money and a white man, the chance of you being a real dick seems to be exceptionally high, which I don't understand. I don't understand why. I mean, there's something there, but there are other, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. <clears throat> Randy Pitchford seems like a piece of shit. And that's the other thing too, like these old guys with a lot of money, like why does it always go back to child pornography? I mean, what is that? You get a lot of money and like that power you have over people isn't enough and women in particular isn't enough that you need more power and they need to be children. I mean, obviously, you know, something happened to them when they were kids that fucked them up and now they're repeating that cycle. But I don't know. I mean, not all these rich old white guys were molested. You know, there's a culture of like, you know, look at the fucking the Trumps and the Clintons and like all of these people. What's that guy? Trump's other guy that just got indicted for like child pornography and trafficking or whatever, trafficking. All these people like just molesting young kids, girls in particular and boys. God, it's so fucking awful, man. I can't think of anything worse. There's literally nothing worse than hurting children. They're the, I mean, they, uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know what can be done about it. it uh, people are so fucked up. And a lot of it definitely comes from like self-hatred. There's this thing too, you know, I encounter it a lot because like if you look at my walls, there's comic book stuff everywhere and um, video game stuff everywhere and, uh, you know, movies and things. I'm, I'm, I'm a geek for sure. And as I was as a kid, I've always been this way. I still love these things. And I, there's this thing about when you get older that you have to kill your child self. And it speaks volumes about how you feel about your child self that you need to kill it because I hear all the time like, oh, that's for kids. What are you, a kid? You know, you're 36. What are you doing? It's like, oh yeah, I'm 36. I'm a grown man. I have my own business. I'm a single father. I take care of my shit. 
I've been through real stuff. I'm still going through real stuff and I still keep working. I don't, you know, but I can also love cartoons and I don't have to, there's nothing genetically uh, stopping that pro like you enjoying that, that that's a intentional thing that you're doing, even if it's or subconscious thing that you're doing to not enjoy those things that you used to enjoy. Um, but like aggressively dislike them now as an adult, as a quote adult. It's weird. So there's this thing about like, you know, you have to, you can't enjoy these childlike things. I hear people say it too. Like, I don't like that movie. It was too kiddy. But like, it's not a kid. You know, people say it about like the, for example, Harry Potter movies. These aren't really kids' movies either, but they're whimsical and there's magic and there's you know wonder in them or any movie like that. Like, don't you, don't you miss that feeling of wonder and joy and uh, excitement and and aren't you craving that? Isn't there a fucking pit? in you as an adult and all the shit you have to deal with as an adult isn't there this part of you that aches for that feeling again that nostalgia and and just joy of like something fun and magical and unknown and adventurous doesn't that exist anymore you have like everything has to be dark and gritty or serious and dramatic so you see it like that the extreme version of that is these people who hurt kids. I don't know where I'm, I'm, I'm I know I'm all over the place, but that's how my brain works, I guess. Um, yeah, you know, when I, I found myself doing that to some extent as well, when I was super miserable, married in a horrible marriage with this really abusive person. And, um, like I would still watch anime and I'd still read comics and still play video games, but the amount of time was much shorter and my enjoyment of them was much smaller. And in my everyday life, uh, I, I wouldn't like really carry those experiences or excitement with me. And I was certainly much more angry, much more serious. I wasn't laughing as much. <clears throat> um, when I moved out, I was living with my then girlfriend and uh, I wasn't really able to express myself a lot in that relationship either. Um, and then when I broke up with her and I moved out on my own, I was like, I'm, there's nothing stopping me from being exactly who I am and exactly who I want to be. I mean, there was never anything stopping me. It was always just myself. But now I'm in a position where it's like there are those barriers, like where I was choosing to kind of subvert my feelings, those things aren't here anymore either. I've, even though it was painful and messy, managed to uh, eventually or finally do away with those abusive relationships. And then it was like, I'm in this house the walls are bare. I'm super lonely. And, and, and then it was just like, you know what? I should start buying art that I liked and pictures and like, or putting, you know, putting pictures up and hanging all this stuff on my walls. And I just started to feel so much better because everywhere I looked, 
it, it was, it's things I like, things I love, things that inspire me, uh, things that I um, connected to at a really formative time uh, that, I, that I still love. And it was just surrounding myself with, with happy things. You know, my son is here, so it's like he likes all the same stuff too. Um, and it was really just opening up and not feeling the need to, uh, to deny myself those childlike feelings or childlike pleasures. And that was also, you know, in therapy as I'm doing the work of like going through my childhood and making, you know, mourning the deaths of certain things, you know, mourning the loss of things that I had never dealt with. Um, but also, uh, working on finding peace with who I am, who I was, what I went through and not hating everything about me or hating those processes. And then it, I don't know, it just opened up so much for me where, um, yeah, I stopped, not stopped, but I, I've been working on not feeling that I don't exist and that, or that, you know, nobody gives a shit about me like those. I think I've talked about it on here. Um, but a lot of it had to do with something as things as simple as putting, you know, comic book art on the wall and, uh, you know, putting more time into playing video games when I want to and making music and, you know, all these things just really opening up and not hating my child self, allowing myself to just enjoy everything I enjoy. I don't know where the fuck I was going with this. If that resonates with you, if you find yourself in a really sterile home where you're trying to make it look like a catalog because that's what you think adults do, don't. Just cut that shit out. You're being ridiculous. You're being ridiculous. It's okay for things to be goofy or um, completely uh, individual and personal. It's your home. One of the things, like when I have friends over, they all comment on like, it feels good here. Like it's comfortable and they feel happy. And a lot of that has to do with, there's just pictures of my friends and, and my son everywhere. So, you know, I just surround myself with things that make me happy. And then I always tell them like, just hang pictures. Excuse me. Most of my friends don't have any like pictures up. And maybe like one on a, dresser or something like that, but then the walls are bare. We'll get like some pieces of art, which is fine. That's good. But like, you know, I just wanted to surround myself with like love as uh, cliche as that may sound. It sucks that we have to, we don't have to, but it sucks that we often preface or uh, tag that after we talk about love. I know it sounds cliche, we preface it. I know it sounds cliche, but love is the answer. Or, uh, you know, not to sound corny, but love. Isn't that weird that we do that? You know, that so few of us can just uh, very calmly and confidently say love and this and that um, without like also shaming it. It's weird. We should stop doing that too. I don't know. Don't boycott the game. Buy the game, support the developers, and protest that shitty guy. 
don't boycott Borderlands 3. That's stupid. You're being ridiculous. You know? Boycott, you know, fucking ICE is ripping fathers out of their cars in front of their kids. And putting them in jail or sending them out of the country. Like, that's the shit that you need to boycott. Get your fucking priorities straight. Man. If anything, this podcast is a uh, insight to how <coughs> scattered my brain is. I think if you looked in my brain, it would be like, even on one topic, it would be like one of those, you know, when you watch a movie and there's like a detective hunting for a serial killer and he's got like the pins with the red string everywhere and it's all and there's pictures just rant you know this guy and this guy that's like what it's like in here i was at the bookstore the other day and uh it's like a is it a borders barnes and noble it's a barnes and noble while i wait for my son to get out of school there's a barnes and noble nearby and sometimes i'll go and walk around in there and uh, i'm in near the fantasy anime section near the anime section and i hear this girl she seems young like 18 19 this white girl it doesn't matter i'm just paying it well it does actually matter for this story uh haha it does matter sometimes she's kind of a nerdy girl and she's with some guy i don't know if it's a friend brother boyfriend whatever and they're talking and they're in the anime session like oh they have this book and this girl go uh, so ridiculous. She goes, uh, <laughs> and I can see her, I'm, I'm standing right there. She goes, oh, like really emphatically, oh, they were talking about Japan. And she goes, uh, oh, I just, I really wish that I have some Japanese blood in me somewhere. Like just deep down, I wish it's somewhere. Which is like a super, if you consider fetish, fetishizing a culture and a, a, an ethnicity racist, which I guess it is, because it, you are dehumanizing them in a way, and it's not that you're even appreciating them, you're, you're trying to own a part of it because you think it, it's a very selfish and kind of weird, creepy thing. So I guess technically it's racist, but it's so creepy the way people, especially with, it's like Japanese culture and black culture. There are no cultures more fetishized and uh, kind of like dehumanized than those two cultures. It's so weird. And it's, it's very common with Japanese culture with younger kids because there's so much, you know, I guess it's the same thing with black culture, American black culture too, or black American, African American, black, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Um, with kids, adults too, but like, you know, I get it. Like kids don't know who they are. They're looking for uh, ways to figure that out and define themselves. I get it. It makes sense. And it was an innocent enough comment. Like she wasn't trying to be offensive. I wasn't offended, but like, it was just such an ignorant and dumb thing to say. It wasn't like, man, I love Japanese culture so much. I appreciate it. 
I can't wait to go to Japan and be a part of it more. Or, I, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't, the approach wasn't an approach of respect or honoring. It was, I wish I was that thing that I like. So it's like, you don't even know anything about the culture. You just, you like anime a lot. So you want to be Japanese. Like you think that's, that's all it is. It's like the kids who are like, oh, I wear, I sag my pants or I listen to rap. So I'm black. No, man, you're not. You're definitely not. There's far more to it than that. I mean, hundreds or thousands of years of history, struggle, other parts of the art from these cultures. It's so, it's so dumb. I hear it with guys too. I don't, guys say really fucked up things to other guys. Um, but guys will say things like, uh, oh yeah, I really want to get with a, you know, a Latin girl, a Mexican girl, a Japanese girl, a Chinese girl. Like, like it's, uh, I mean, that's, that's objectification. It's more than just curiosity or, um, you know, love of women. It's, it's pure objectification. Like I've never had that thing. I want that thing. Like that's the mentality of it. And once I get that one thing, then I don't care about it anymore. I just want to do it. I hear guys say it all the time. Like, Man, I've never, never fucked a black girl, but I want to fuck a black girl. Dude, what is wrong with you? I, it's fine. You're more attracted to people who look like this or that, like inexplicably. Inexplicably, it's not attached to anything. You're just like, I don't know. I like what I like. I get it. That's fine. But like, is this weird uh, conquest? It's so creepy and gross. Guys do it all the time. <clears throat> girls probably do it too. I'm sure they do. Um, I hear girls say it all like, I want to fuck a black guy. It's this weird fetish, but you're not, it's like, you don't care about the, that person. You just want that experience with this thing in your head. Uh, that's a really gross way to live your life. So when this girl said, I just wish there's Japanese blood, it was, you know, it's super innocent. She's a dumb kid. I don't mean that, uh, like aggressively mean or anything like that. She's just, she's a kid and kids are dumb. You know what I mean? Like they don't have experience. So they're, they're dumb just by virtue of the fact that they have so little experience. Um, you, they just don't know much about the world. It's just fine. We all go through that. You know, you're a kid until you're 30. And then you're 30 and you're a, you are becoming an adult through your 30s. That's when you're like, after 30, between 30 and 40 is where you're actually discovering who you are. But before that, you're a kid. You're just a fucking kid. <clears throat> there's nothing wrong with being a kid. We all have to be kids. Um, so it's like when she said it, I was like, all right, you know, it's, that's a really dumb thing to say, but it did make me think about all these other ways people say things like that. I love Japanese culture. I've been to Japan. I used to speak Japanese. I, you know, I studied it um, for a few years and I was, I could ho hold a conversation uh, like a, a, Decent conversation in Japanese. Now, nothing. I, I got nothing. But, um, you know, I, I through martial arts and music and art and anime and food uh, and history and, and the way, you know, about uh, really pouring yourself into a craft, which is uh, something very kind of prized in Japanese culture. All those things I love so much. 
So I, I have great love and respect for Japanese culture, and I would also read about history and watch documentaries and, and film, Japanese film. There's so much more, but it was never like objectifying it. I did this, I do the same thing with all the cultures. When I started in Filipino martial arts, it was this whole world like, wow, look at this whole culture and look at all the things in here, things I love, things I don't like. Same thing, you know, with, I grew up in like uh, Mexican neighborhoods. I was like, wow, look at this culture. There's no really like white culture or like white American culture. There's like white European cultures, but white American culture doesn't really exist. It's not a thing. Like there's no, there's nothing really there. So for me, it's, it was amazing to learn so much about the world, so much about other people, so much about myself by exposing myself and diving into other cultures. Um, and I still do that. But it's like, I don't want to be anything other than myself. You know what I mean? Like I've never, it's never been about like trying to change my identity. I just enjoy, we should all enjoy experiencing other cultures. That's how you learn shit. That's why when people say like traveling expands your mind or broadens your horizons, that's what it's supposed to do if, and that's what it will do if you make yourself immersed in the culture where you're at. If you just go into another place to drink at bars and dance or fuck people or get high, then you're not experiencing shit. You're just not. And that's true traveling from anywhere to anywhere. If you're doing the same shit you were doing in the country or state that you're from in the other place, you're not learning shit and you're really not getting much. There's no point to travel. Or if you go to places and you only stay at the resorts, you're not experiencing that shit either. Like you don't even go outside the resort. <clears throat> um, so yeah, you know, experiencing other cultures is amazing. It's so cool. And it gives you perspective like, oh, the world is not just my neighborhood or my town or my city or my state or my country. It's these other things. And there's a totally other way to live. And this other way to live puts emphasis on different aspects of life that I didn't know about, or I didn't put time or energy into it, but I really like it or I don't like it. So now you can, you know, kind of narrow down, not narrow down, but like understand more about who you are by discovering what you like and don't like. That's a beautiful thing. And that's one of the benefits of, you know, experiencing other cultures. But like to say that you wish you were a part, like, I wish I had some of this blood in me because I think that would make me better. That's a really weird, it's not like, it's not negative. You know what I mean? Like you're not saying anything bad. But you, there's for sure like an objectification there, which is inherently negative, right? I don't know. What do you, I mean, is that right? It feels right. Not right, but it feels true. It just seems like a really weird thing to say. But again, like she was just a kid. She didn't mean anything by it. You know, she doesn't know who she is. So when you're a kid, you try on different personalities. You try on different things. And I've said more dumb things than I can even remember or count. I'm 36. I've been saying dumb shit since before some people I know were even born. I have a podcast. I say dumb shit on this podcast. I'm just talking. Just talking. You know, you just try words out. Some of them are good. Some of them aren't good. I probably said dumb shit in this last uh, hour. 50 minutes. We're coming up on 50 minutes. Probably said dumb shit already. I hope this is still recording for YouTube. Um, I don't know. I think I got the problem kind of fixed. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't even know what I'm saying. Fucking Pepe Silvio. 
Pepe Silvia. I'm going to wrap it up. It's 8.30 in the morning. I'm going to work out. I'm going to finish this iced coffee. I'm going to get a workout in. I'm going to clean up a little bit. I'm going to go pick up my best friend and uh, spend the rest of the day with him. If you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe and rate and review. That actually does help me out. If you're already listening, just right now, you can keep playing the podcast. Just go and give that five-star rating and throw a review. Shit's badass. <laughs> you know, uh, oh, he sounds super handsome. I bet he's uh, uh, great in bed. Or if you're watching on YouTube, click that like and subscribe button and the notification bell. Ding, ding, ding. And, and throw a comment there. What do you think about uh, whatever I said? Are you going to boycott Borderlands 3? Do you like iced coffee? Are you aggressive in the morning? Do you wish you were part uh, Japanese or uh, Yugoslavian or Scandinavian or something? <laughs> do you call all, you know, do you call the Chinese, Japanese, Korean, Thai, you know, fucking whatever? Do you call them all Asians? Do you think they're all the same? And they speak one language, Asian. Are you a racist like that? Um, whatever. <laughs> what the fuck I'm saying? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Graham Baker, Instagram at Instagram Baker, and uh, at Greyhouse Music. Or uh, go over to iTunes or Bandcamp, pre-order my record again. Violently Sleeping by Greyhouse. Uh, links in description below. Yeah. Have a great day. Yeah. Be well. Do good. Make good choices. Peace. <laughs>